Degrees. I think last time I checked, it's about 11 o'clock at night. We got a lot to get into today. We're gonna talk Lakers, we're gonna talk Knicks, Golden State, Miami, switch over to the NFL. We're gonna talk some UFC. We should take Gary, uh, not Gary Payton, but Peyton Manning, Holly Holmes, RG3, Ronda Rousey, just quarterback, NFL free agency at Megatron. We're gonna get to it all. You know what I said, regardless of the time, regardless of the weather, it's always a good time to talk some sports. But, but, my friends, before we take one step further, I did tell you that today is March 9th. So, before we go anywhere, we do anything, I am going to take a brief minute to pay homage and respect because the greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. A motherfucking rap phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah. This album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing. So I'm doing it, baby. Okay. It was all a dream. Get it? Biggie. Before we go anywhere, we will pay homage to the late great Biggie Smalls down on March 9th. I want to thank that mix to Jeffrey Murray or what did he call himself? Dirty Harry. I was for him. I was from him. So, just uh, so alone, we've had a lot that happens the last time we talked. I don't know what you're thinking. Like, yo, Mighty, 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 where have you been? Where have you been? Like, we ain't hear from you over the weekend. Like, like we're hearing from you a day late. And, listen, I, I know what you're saying, I know what you're saying, bear with me. So the Saturday show that you have grown to know and love is under reconstruction. We're revamping that whole entire show. So, in the wake of doing that, you may not get that for a couple of weeks, but I'm going to try to have that for you by the latest, the third week in April. So look forward back for that show. That's also because I keep telling you, this show is also going to change locations, period. That we'll talk about more as we get more details. You're going to have to find this on a completely different site. Like I'm going to an internet radio station, so bear with me on that. 
So why we have all of this news out here that we have, like I said, we that we haven't got a chance to talk to or talk about? Let's just start right from the beginning. Let's start from the weekend. Like, did you guys see these fights this weekend? And I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. Like, I watched or paid attention to any fight before the Misha Tate. In Holly Holmes fight and am I glad that I, I kind of didn't I'm not gonna lie to you like I said I sat right here in the crib you know I, I got into a, a good mental state of mind and I took I took in the fight and it's it's like I'm just gonna start off by saying it sucks but let me just backtrack and say what a great fight and it was just really weird that you, you kind of see the same way that, I guess, Ronda Rousey lost, the same way that, that Holmes lost, that they, they, they both lost kind of chasing and not, you know, sitting back and countering what the other person was doing and using their own moves against them. So, I'm watching this fight, and, 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 you're, and you're seeing it. That, that, listen, there's times where Amisha may look huge. I'm not going to lie. Listen, there's one thing I thought coming into, the, like, when she was walking out, that, that her, her chest looked huge. Like, what I mean, like, huge, it looked wide, it looked very broad, you know? So, that's the first thing I noticed from her. I still I, I still wasn't sure if she was going to win. I'm not going to say, like, I picked, I picked her to win or anything like that. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and make those those kind of, those lies and speculations, you know? Like, like I was like I was over here sitting on the winner. No, 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 not at all. That wasn't me. But I was watching with slight, with a lot of hope that Misha Tate won. Because there's a big part of me that wants Ronda Rousey right back sitting at champ. And yeah, I said it. There's a big part of me that wants Ronda Rousey sitting once again as champion. Because as you see, like, I don't know why. She, and I, and they've been one, and you hear and I, I heard I think I heard earlier today, today or yesterday, that Dana White goes out and comes out and says. Like, he feels bad for her because she has no clue what she missed. And it, 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 that's why I say it sucks for Holmes because she doesn't know what she missed. Like, she was basically champ for, what, 90 days? Like, 120 days, maybe? I don't know how long it was. Maybe six months. Who knows? But not, but not even more than six months. Let's just put it that way. Let's just be definitive. Not, no more than six months she was champ for. Right? And already, she's lost her championship. Instead of waiting to go fight round to Rousey. Fight round the Rousey in a fight that she probably would have been a she probably would have been a favorite in. So she, let's let's think if she would have beat round the Rousey again. This would have been the woman to take down Rousey Rousey twice, take down the juggernaut that is round the Rousey, and then go on to milk that for another six months as champion. Go on here, go on there, go do an interview. This go talk about this. Go go take pictures here. That, that was gonna be her life. But no, 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 no. Like, respectfully, she wanted to be a fighting champion. And nobody's going to stop you from fighting. And Misha Tate has been sitting back licking her chops because she's already lost to Ronda Rousey twice. So she's looking at Holmes like, I got you, babe. I got you. Like, I can take you. Like, Ronda Rousey's giving me trouble twice. Like, broke my arm and took broke my arm once and buried me the second time. Like, I, but I can take you. And no doubt in the end... She got her, but no, listen, 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 listen. Kudos to Holmes. 
let's not act here. Let's not sit back here and act like she did something wrong. No, 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 sir. She went out like a fighter and like a champ. And <laughs> she did one of them little dying cat moves or whatever it is. Like she was just punching that in, in thin air and just. Uh, uh. <coughs> Excuse me for that. As, as you can hear, I, I am, for the most part, I'm going to say 99.7% better. I don't know what it is about this particular virus or, you know, that's going around. But after you're done being sick, I guess everybody says, like, the cough just lingers for, like, three, four weeks. So I'm going through the lingering cough stage. You should hear my office. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, we should, we should literally be quarantined or something. But... Let's get back to this to these fights. Misha Tate takes the championship, and Misha Tate's gonna sit here as champ for a little while, and she's gonna milk it. And she and listen, Misha Tate, like that, that's one of those heart feeling, like heartfelt moments too. Like if you've followed UFC, if you've known that you know Misha Tate was also you know one of those first set of women to to come through, you know to to go up against Ronda Rousey, you know here to go up against Ronda Rousey, you know in in, in other venues. To, to lose twice, you know, to, to to be so close to sniffing championship, and then she finally gets it. Well, yeah, like, that was a heartfelt moment. Like, you were, f you, some part of you had to be, like, if you were a fan of UFC and the whole back history of UFC, there's a small part of you that was rooting for her as well to have her moment. But like I said, as a Ronda Rousey fan as well, I was rooting for Ronda, I was rooting for Misha Tate to win just because I wanted her to go up against Ronda Rousey because, Houston, check my page. Check the page. Been minutes of her losing. There goes me and my Steve Harvey quote. Uh, my Steve Harvey meme. And the next champ is Ronda Rousey. Because it's pretty much how that's going to go down. I, uh, sorry, I got a little distracted. Because as I told you, you know, in, in, in what's going to become a, a new, like, just something that I constantly do. I'm always going to try to have some kind of game on in the background. <laughs> On mute, just watch it. So, they catch it by eye. We're sitting at about two minutes left in the first half of the Philadelphia and Houston game. And this is a game that I'm re-watching because I, I can't watch commercials. And I'd rather not watch the Knicks and Phoenix game, you know, on, you know, with commercials on. So, we're going to watch this. And I'm not going to lie to you. As I've glanced back and forth for this game, I'm going to tell you something that I have learned really quick. I didn't know Michael Beasley was back in the league. Last thing I heard about Michael Beasley, he was overseas trying to hold back somebody from, from, um, from, you know, hold back somebody from attacking, hold back a teammate. The teammate was a former American guy, I can't remember who he was, but they both played overseas and he was trying to hold back that teammate or calm down that guy from attacking another player that had gave him a hard foul. That's the last thing I heard about Michael Beasley. So I didn't know he was on Houston. And not to mention that this is a good game for me to catch up because I've been wanted to catch these Philly games, you know, as as being one of the bottom three teams in the power ranking. And not, not really the Philly game as much, but I wanted to catch Houston because Houston has been an anomaly to me as you see. They're just bad for some odd reason. And you don't know why because you look at the team and you see Jason Terry still. You see Trevor, you, and champion Jason Terry, champion Trevor Ariza. You see... Badass, you know, the bear James Harden. You see Dwight Howard, you know, that's been to an NBA Finals. You you know, you see James Harden's been to an NBA Finals. So basically, Jason Terry, Trevor Ariza, James Harden, and and Dwight Howard have all been in the NBA Finals. 
And for some odd reason, this team isn't clicking. I see Patrick Beverly back, and Patrick Beverly is a, is a bulldog. But like I said, I'm, I'm not going to give Houston too much credit for looking good against Philly because basic, basically, like, the Knicks sucked the other night against who did they play? Who did they play? Who did they play? For, against Denver last night, right? They sucked against Denver. If they look good tonight against Phoenix, I'm, I'm not jumping up and down for joy. They're looking good against one of the bottom three teams in the league, you know, in the power ranking. So one of the worst teams in the league. I'm pretty sure Devin Booker's going to light it up. I think he lit us up last time too. Didn't he like drop like 20-something? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to predict that Devin Booker's going to drop like another like 23, 24, 25 points again. Let's go 25 points. Like, that dude is just nasty, filthy, nasty. Nasty, filthy, 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 nasty, nasty, filthy. They come right up around halftime on this Houston game. As Houston is swinging the ball around, Trevor Reza comes off a pick on the corner. Gets it to James Harden at the top of the key. He has a smaller defender on him. He shoots over from the three-point line, and he misses that. And no, but listen to that. What's his name? Capo Poco, the foreign guy. He gets the offensive ball, gets it back to James Harden, and they have about 15 seconds left on the clock. Not enough to run on the, the shot clock, but Jason Terry misses a three, and ooh, in for the slam. Who was that? Who was that? And he got Josh Smith. Yeah, that was a putback slam on an offensive rebound. Houston is up by nine over Philly, 61 to 52. See, the fact that Philly is putting up 52 points on you in a half doesn't tell me that you're playing great D. It just tells me that Philly is just really that bad. What's this guy's name? Mick what? McDaniels? McDaniels is the one that had that putback slam. So, changing gears, and we may not even be able to talk about this because Miami is dealing with some contract issues right now, and I, I this kind of reminds me of a player that lit up the league about three, four years ago. I'll tell you who he is when we come back. Tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. And welcome back to the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Alan Taylor. Thank you for listening. So, as I, as I told you before the break, that Miami is coming into a, a weird situation with one of their players. Right? And I'm pretty sure by now you know who I'm talking about. And that's Whiteside. <coughs> Excuse me, pardon me. And, that, and that's Whiteside. And... Whiteside has become like okay. So let's put it this way: like it's it's in a it's really weird that in a league that is is very slowly going away from centers that you really don't want to be the team without one either because even even Golden State has. Has um, Festus Azili and and Andrew Bogut, you know. Even he has those two guys to 
to dump the ball into as big men. And those are and those are some pretty decent big men. You know, let's not forget that Andrew Bogle wasn't the number one pick in the league. So they so you still at least need two guys to put down there. Two two true seven footer, six eleven guys to put in the middle to do center-ish duties. You know, deter the rim, you know, help deter the rim a little bit. Get easy putbacks if you, you know, if you can, you know, a, a lob here or two. You know, just be just an athletic athletic enough to be a big man, but not have to be the focal point. Have to be what I guess is a Brooke Lopez now. What Patrick Ewan, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, them guys used to be where they were, you know, shacks of the world, where they were anchors in the middle. You don't need to be an anchor anymore. You can be, you can be a free sale in as a center now, and. It's really weird that, like I said, even as the league goes away from you, don't want to have an end. And and Whiteside is a very weird, streaky, elite center. You know, and, and, and you know what I mean? Like, because, obviously, because of the way he scores, he always has a high percentage. So, he's shooting, you know, anywhere, in, you know, between, uh, in, in the 50s and 60s. He, he he's, he's in top five in blocks. You know he's he's up there in rebounds. You know so, and and that's that that's only gonna benefit him more as the league gets smaller, because if he's the only seven footer on the court, then guess what? Block shots become easier for him. Rebounds are easier for him. Easy putbacks are easier for him. Lobs are easier for him because he just has to jump higher than than the next tallest defender. And like I said, it's not gonna be Draymond Green. So, Miami's in a in a is in a weird way where I guess he could get Brock Osweiler, <laughs> you know, by you know by Whiteside. But even worse, think about this. Do you remember Jeremy Lin? Yep. Whiteside is playing at a level right now that if Miami doesn't want to. Give him the kind of money that they're talking about. He can go and get a match. He can get an offer from another team that Miami's going to force to match. And if another team... And think about the money that's going to be out there next year. Think about it. And if a team poison pills them... Can you imagine? Can you imagine this? Whiteside with a contract that gets him... Somewhere between twenty-five and twenty-eight million dollars in the fifth year of his league, in the fourth year of his deal. Like he's getting like 18, 18, 18 and nah, twenty-five million. Twenty-eight million. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine you getting poison pills, Miami. So Miami may not want to play around with a white side and work, maybe work out a deal early, you know, and 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 give him a little bit of respect, you know, show him a little bit of love because. He said he ain't that dude now, but you don't want to be left without him. So unless you think there's going to be somebody in a draft, or unless you think that another center is going to come that's athletic enough and can do at least some of what he does, listen, he's a intricate part of your team at this current point in time. More than, 
I would say Jeremy Lin ever ever was of the Knicks because Jeremy Lin could easily be exposed. Whiteside can just get better. He just needs to calm down his temperament a little bit. Just know how to channel it. Like he needs to go talk to Kevin Garnett and, and figure out how you channel how you channel that. You know, you know, the Tyson Chandlers of the world, the Joe Keep Knows of the world. He's streaky elite. More streaky elite than than I like to than I like to and I don't even want to put J.R. Smith in this category, really, because because I think he is, man, he he may be at this current time, hand, like hands down, way better than J.R. Smith. Like J.R. Smith is just way too much of a loose cannon at this point in time. But he kind of is what J.R. Smith probably was, or the potential that people saw in J.R. Smith in journey in J.R. Smith's early career when he got that mm, when he got that deal from Denver and George calling them that was very incentive based based off minutes that he played and his and points that he made and the only way for him to play minutes was for him to be able to earn minutes by keeping down his temperament keeping down his foul keeping down the shenanigans that earned him more minutes to give him the opportunity to hit those accolades and those bonus markers that he was supposed to get see my they can try to do something like that but once again you have to remember there's going to be a wide open salary cap next year Everybody's gonna have money. There isn't not gonna be a team without money, and Miami's gonna be a sexy place. Miami is gonna be a very sexy place. You're gonna have Dwayne Wade here for a couple of years. You have John Dragic locked up. You lock up a guy like Whiteside that you know is definitely gonna be able to protect your middle. You understand? You a guy like him, like James Harden, would die to, to, to would die to play with. As I'm talking about that, this game is in overtime, and I need to fast forward this because I'm not just gonna have to sit here as they show me Stephen Curry 3.7 points per game, James Harden 29 points a game, Durant 28.1 points a game, Marcus Cousins 27.3 games, and Damian Lillard 26.1 points per game. Like those are your league leaders in score. The Marcus Cousins are bad boy, man. Like, see if Miami was smart, what they would probably try to do because Sacramento is just this this faulty of a team. You sign Whiteside and you try to trade him to Sacramento for, for Cousins. And you work on giving Cousins the reign of that team. Because I think Cousins would benefit a whole lot more and do a whole lot more in Miami under the tutelage of Pat Riley than I think Whiteside would. Because Whiteside, like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, like, even as a, even, like, even as much as I, as I don't, I, as I dislike, as I dislike Pat Riley, you know, the, the Nick in me that, that has to tell the truth about basketball still tells you that the stuff that Whiteside does does not fly underneath Pat Riley's system or under his uh, under his watch. So I won't be surprised if even if Whiteside is signed or if he is poison pilled, if he gets a sign and trade to a team like Sacramento. <coughs> right? So like so, <laughs> like speaking of teams, right? Speaking of these teams, Lakers and Kobe and his farewell tour is still showing you guys. <coughs> As you know, what? Pardon me. We're gonna take a quick commercial. Hey, <laughs> go. Getting ripped off by those other guys, then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 183rd Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. Located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Multivest Games. Save more, play more. 
And whew, we are back. <clears throat> Had to get a lozenger. I don't know what happened. Almost died. You guys almost witnessed that. I almost died right here on the show. Right ends. <laughs> right, so. Out of breath. That was a long run. So here we go. So now we're looking. So, so now, Kobe Bryant, at the end of his career, is still showing us that he's great in a weird way. You know, he's still showing us that he has greatness. And he does something that basically only. Five other teams have been able to do this year. We're not talking about LeBron James. We ain't talking about Kevin Durant. We're not talking about your greats of greats in the league right now. We ain't talking about Miami, Dwayne Wade. We're not talking about the Knicks and Kamal Anthony. He's taking them all down. He slayed all of those giants. Except for one. Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba, the <laughs> King of the Jungle. Kobe Bryant and Lakers did basically what every single superstar veteran or retired superstar has said. If Stephen Curry was playing in our in our game, he would not be getting those shots off. Listen, everybody has said it. Ask from Oscar Robinson, Isaiah Thomas, to um, Clyde Frazier. They all have said it. Magic. This is not coincidence. They are. They have. They have. To four different people have told you what to do. I've seen one team do it. And and listen, for everybody that says that it's hate, it's not that much. Even I, even I have called them out. So let so let me not act like I'm not had to check some of these people myself. But he did what they basically have asked to be done. Went out there, and they played Curry full court, which is what you should do because by the time he crosses half court, he's um. He's a threat. So when people are now playing him below the three-point line, you can't play him below the three-point line. You have to adjust. Stephen Curry is somebody that you have to stick. You have to know that that game, you have to sacrifice yourself, and you have to be on him like glue. And not even just glue. Like, like think of like a ball and a paddle. Like, when he goes, you just bounce right back there. You stay connected to his hip. And that's what they did. That's what they kind of did for everybody. They, they just kind of manned up, and they stayed underneath them. I want to say I had a bad game. Missed a lot of missed a lot of three point shots. More three point shots than they, than they probably missed in totality all season. <laughs> I mean, over exaggerating, but that's really how bad they shot. But you have to give the Lakers and Kobe Bryant do where their do is necessary, and they went out there and they played an aggressive game. And oh my goodness, and 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 you see the difference. You really do see the difference of how the Lakers are able to revamp their rosters versus how the Knicks were revamping their rosters because 
there's a certain amount of pride that people take to go play in LA. And you've seen it with the growth of not only the players, with Kobe being there, but also, I mean, they, like, their rookie players that are going there, but also their veteran, like, like, the players that they had, like, their veteran players already there. Like, he has helped elevate slowly throughout the season. And, and But you see it in their confidence level and their way of playing. Like, these guys will learn how to win eventually. Like, 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 like I told you, like, like, I'm not going to give... Like I'm not gonna go go Google Gaga over a team over a team like Houston that's beating a team like Philly, but I but I will look at for the pluses in a team like the Lakers that beats a team like Golden State. That does show signs that this team is gonna head in the right direction, and this just also listen to this. As much as Kobe has done, second highest, you know, um. Um, point total, you know, in a single game, third high, you know, third highest total scoring in the league all the time. If this is the, if this if this Golden State team continues their run, it he also may have given them their last loss of the season. Think about that. And I know it always seems like I'm defending Curry, and that's because you know what? For for a little bit of time, somebody's gonna need to. But I'm not gonna. Just sit here and not recognize Kobe's greatness and what the Lakers have done. Oh, and I didn't tell you. Let me backtrack. You know what? We'll go back and talk about the Knicks later on. When we come back, we'll talk about more Kobe and we talk about who I'm defending. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world. And they can respond, I became a soldier. And we are back. So, I've realized right now that defending Curry right now is almost going to feel like me having to fend Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Um, now, I know Golip didn't go, not Golip, but Greeny didn't go, um, or Mike and Mike didn't go as far as to say that Calvin Johnson isn't a Hall of Famer. They said Calvin Johnson is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. But then all of a sudden, I start hearing from all over the place, and people start wondering if Calvin Johnson is a Hall of Famer. Period. And we're gonna make this one quick, because we don't need to sit a lot of time and and, and dilly dally with this particular topic. I understand his longevity may not be there, but that might be the only thing he hasn't done. You put up his nine years, I believe it is, up against. Anybody else's nine years 
in the league, any point of their nine years. And I mean, listen, at some point in time, I'll even say, like, you know what, take their pick out as much as you want their best nine years and put it up against Calvin Johnson's and see what you get. I'm just saying that the eye test tells you that if Calvin Johnson wanted to, he could play six more dominant years in this league. But listen, not for nothing, he won't say what Derrick Rose has said, but he's a big dude in the in the, in the, in the NFL world, 6'7". He takes a lot of shots to his legs. You know what I mean? By a lot of big guys, 300 pounders, 200 pounders, taking shots at his legs, full head of steam. In mid-air, on the ground. Wherever you want it. He wants to eventually probably walk and, you know, be able to sit down in his kids' classrooms without... Feeling all kinds of pain. Which, listen, it's probably already too late for him. He's already played nine years in the league. Think of somebody that's done seven years in the army. It's already too late for him. There's no way. Like, like Derrick Rose talking. Like, oh, I'm one of it. No, it's not. It's not gonna happen. You've been in the league too long, too too long, and he's already gone through way too many too many surgeries. He's not gonna be pain free. He's always gonna have pain. He just needs to like Derrick Rose right now. I'm telling you, Derrick Rose. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say this again. I'm gonna keep saying this again. Derrick, and I don't know if I said it last show. Derrick Rose needs to be punished. Derrick Rose does not need to milk another team for a contract. Derrick Rose does not care about basketball. Derrick Rose cares about getting paid. He has he he could give two two shizers about basketball anymore. He's in it solely to see how much money he can accumulate for himself and his family. Derrick Rose needs to not be signed by another team. Or if he does, they need to disrespect the heck out of him and offer him a five to seven million dollar contract. That is about all of his he is worth because that's how much heart he is given to the NBA these days. The Derrick Rose we see play now is not the Derrick Rose playing because his legs are messed up. It's the Derrick Rose playing because he doesn't want to give it. He does not want to give it his all. Take it, like I'm saying, take it from somebody that has had that has had multiple surgery on your legs. No, 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 no. When you still want Derrick Rose, when you would see a whole lot more effort and care in his face when he plays games if he cared. It's not because of his injuries that's slowing him down. His heart has slowing him down. Right? So, you know, I, I wanted to talk about, like, some NFL free agency. And I also wonder why, you know, like, little things, like, are bothering me. Like, why aren't big men in the NBA using the backboard more? Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm like, they're going to say, like, I told you about Whiteside earlier. Like, Whiteside has adopted the Anthony Mason method of shooting, where he takes a little jump shot at the free throw line. Like, if he can adopt the Anthony Mason, like, most of these big men that are shooting horribly, like Dwight Howard and his and his teammate Capone, Capone or Capaco, whatever his name, I still need to see the back of this guy's jersey. I'd always forget his name. Um, And, and, and all, all of these other horrific big men that are, that are shooting and that are just dealing with it, DeAndre Jordan, you know, another one. Why don't you just use the backboard? Why not just use the backboard? Use the backboard. I don't want to get too deep into that. But that's really neither here or there, right? So, let's get serious for a second. The NFL lost a great player, right? And 
when I say a great player, let me just run his music real quick because it's probably the only rolling, time. Rolling, 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 rolling. I mean, a great player this year in Peyton Manning. And listen, I understand that Peyton Manning is not the only player to retire. Like, we just talked about. Calvin Johnson, right? And we talked weeks ago, you know, you know about about Charles Woodson. And there's a few more, you know, and there's like one or two people I know that I'm that I'm completely forgetting about that I believe that I heard retired this year. Um, Matt Hasselbeck isn't isn't part of that part of his Hall of Fame that I'm talking about, or or, but he is a he is a respectable dude. Well, it's not about he's not he's not a he's a commemorable person. So, as much as, as much as like I said, these guys are respect, respected players, Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson, Peyton Manning, very slightly even, outclasses them. And we're talking about high character guys. Think, think about it, right? We're not just talking about great guys that are coming out here. Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson. Peyton Manning. We're talking about high class, high character guys. Guys are never that we never hear are in trouble. Always doing the right thing. Comes to work. You know, and people always sit talking about like these, these are three days I always talk always talked about being the hardest workers on their team. So let me backtrack a little bit. As as as, as we talk about Calvin, as I talk about the hardest workers on the team, and I want to talk about Calvin Johnson. Right? Let's just remember this. When you think about this, Calvin Johnson is Hall of Fame status. Right? There's only going to be two other people from Detroit around now that you're probably thinking about putting into the Hall of Fame. And I don't even know if one of them even, even qualifies to be a part of this team. But we're talking about Calvin Johnson, Reggie Bush, and Matt, and Matt Stafford, right? And listen, I said, just even, I, said, I said even consider. I just, that's all I said. Just consider putting it in the Hall of Fame, right? Or meant anything to this team. When this team didn't win... You never ever thought that Calvin Johnson wasn't one of the people that gave you his all. You may have exp you, you you know what I mean like you never came and and thought that oh I could have gotten more from Calvin Johnson. I know you probably thought that about 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 Matt Stafford a bunch of times. I know you probably thought that about Reggie Bush a bunch of times. I know you thought that about about almost every you know, oh that's the name I was thinking about and Dominican Sue. For as great as he was for that little bit of time, I'm pretty sure there were games where you thought like oh my god because think about it. They have technically Matthew Stafford, um, Megatron, and Indominus Sue. That was supposed to be defense, quarterback, and the wide receiver. And for some odd reason, they can never they can never get it done. And at one point in time, did you ever think that they couldn't get it done because of Megatron? Leave that man alone. He is a Hall of Famer, and he should go first ballot just to stick it to other people. But if when you when you look at the pattern, it does make sense that he probably will not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I said when 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 you're talking about like it's only like like guys like. Terrell Owens and 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 CC's, you know, you know Chris Carter, you know didn't make it in there first ballot. Then you then you gonna have to wonder like who is because I think isn't Randy Moss coming up soon? Let's see if Randy Moss makes it in for as a first ballot. I think he should, but if he doesn't, then yeah, there's, there's gonna be no chance for Megatron. Well, if he didn't, I don't know if he has or not yet. There's no chance for Megatron.
at all. But Megatron is a Hall of Famer. His nine years stacks up against anybody else's. Just like, like I said, Peyton Manning, uh, and even outclasses what he's done. Because, listen, for as much as Peyton Manning may have not come through in so many playoff games, you have to understand, you've never really come away and thought that Peyton Manning could have given you more. Peyton Manning at times didn't have a defense. Peyton Manning always got the ball over to Reggie Wayne, over to, um, oh my goodness, how many other wide receivers did he make famous? It was like three of them consecutively. No Harrison. Um, and other. So, <sighs> Peyton Manning, at the end of his career, it said he even gave what I thought was the most perfect retirement speech. Peyton Manning is the only person that I know that he get that in the first three minutes of his retirement speech, he's drawing emotions out of you. Like, and, and, I, and I don't know why he was, he was really that respected of a player. Like, listen, Tom Brady is hated for all kinds of reasons. Nobody hates Peyton Manning. Who hates Peyton Manning? <sighs> Excuse me. And let me say something to Tom Brady. And I, and I don't know if I've said it already in a couple of, you know, in these past couple of weeks, but I'm going to say it again. Remember how Tom Brady mentioned that, oh, he has a lot more time because look, look, look how, you know, you know, Peyton is still on the floor that he'll eventually, like, um, you're at the age that Peyton Man is starting to fall at. So you may not be that far behind. Like, 39 seems right about that age. <laughs> You know, so we gonna see because while Tom Brady has has done it for a while without any weapons, I don't think a thirty nine year old Tom Brady can do it without a weapon. Listen, even Peyton Manning had weapons all the time. Constantly had weapons. Never had a defense, but constantly had weapons. Had offensive weapons out of kazoo, and for the weapons he didn't have, he made. Right, so like we're gonna go from Peyton Manning leaving, right? So, <laughs> Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Denver's backup quarterback, Brock Osweiler. Even he turned his back on Denver. Right? So now Denver... Has no QB. Just think about this, right? Denver has no QB. Philly is trying desperately to recover from the Chip era. Because Chip Kelly went in there and literally lit a nuclear bomb in that damn stadium and destroyed everything. Jeremy Macklin. Right? What's the boy's name in Buffalo? Um, Shady McCoy. Right? What's the boy's name in Washington? Ah, I'm, I'm going to forget his name very easily. See? But the boy in Washington. Uh, like, how, do you dis how do you find a way to dismantle that? Right? Like, let's not act like Talent was not needed to win games. We're going to see. Now he's going to San Francisco. And let's remember, San Francisco has a similar problem because what happened? Harbaugh left. And that team 
had a sinkhole. Players just started going missing. Houston may have absolute, and we may have absolutely won the NFL free agency. As the Jets are still looking for a quarterback, Denver's still looking for a quarterback, Miami is figuring out what the heck just happened. The Giants may give Houston a run for that title. And so may the Jaguars. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Because, you know what? We know one thing is for certain right about now. Spring break is here, right? So, you don't need to worry about, you know, your Margarita Mondays, your Taco Tuesdays, your Way Back Wednesdays, Throwback Thursdays, you know, your, you know, your Freaky Fridays. There's only one, there's really only one thing you need to worry about. And that's Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. And what you don't need to worry about is where you're going. Stop worrying about that. Stop thinking about that. Just head down to Capone's Nightclub, downtown Fort Lauderdale. Go find DJ Scepter, mix it in the lounge room, right? That's DJ Scepter. That's every Friday from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies bring your sexy, fellas bring your swag. It's going on at Capone's. Like I said, and also this is the beginning of spring break, which in South Florida lasts for the whole entire month. So you make sure you get down to Capone's and get your party on. Right, so the New York Giants got James Jenkins, David Harris. They're they're looking at wide receivers. Houston got Brock Osweiler, Lamar, you know, Lamar Miller, the running back from Miami. The Jets have so far gotten Matt Forte. Jags got Chris Ivory and, and a couple other pieces. And and you could, and, and it really makes you wonder, like, how is the rest of this gonna gonna play out? Because <clears throat> I, w- I was thinking earlier that you know who you haven't heard from, right? And this reason you haven't heard from him. You ever heard about Seattle needing any major moves? You know, f- you know all of the, all of this first day stuff. You didn't hear New England in there. Green Bay. You see where I'm getting with this? You know, but you know who you are hearing? Houston. Where was Houston? Out of the playoffs, sniffing for pieces. Right? Because you know, missing pieces from last year. You know, around their roster last year. Jets. Sniffing you know, sniffing to try to get into the playoffs. Having quarterback issues now. Then and now. On the court and now off the court in contract signing because they are disrespecting this man with like a seven million dollar deal a year. We we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. Jaguars. They're the Jaguars. <laughs> the Giants who have gone... And I said, I know there's a lot more pieces that the Jaguars have got. Like I said, I talk about J, um, David Harris, you know, as a Jet. You know, as a, he's also he, he's, he's also a former Jet. As you saw, the Jets have lost a couple of key pieces. David Harris, Chris Ivory. You know, they're, they're releasing Antonio Cromartie. Cromrod. Cromrod trade. Oh, they, if they're, oh, they already have released them. Something of that nature. So, the Giants right now are on a position where I think they've they've addressed what's that linebacker, they've addressed cornerback, they've they need to address probably what wide receiver now. 
maybe running back, see if they can get one in the draft because the way they make it sound now is that you can pick up anybody, any old running back all the way down to the fifth round and he can produce exactly as he, as he would as, a, as many of the people that you generally picked in the first round. But hopefully, I hope there is a running back that falls to the Jets that they pick in the first round. I, ooh, I really hope. But, you know, they have Matt Forte now. So, ooh. See, it makes you wonder. I'm also going to wonder, like, listen, this is a weird part of me. Like, this, listen, this is a name that scares you, man. It should scare everybody. I don't know if it's been talked about yet. At least I haven't heard it in the last two days. Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez should definitely scare you guys. Because if we don't get back, which I really find weird, that a guy that is good with the system, has a good chemistry with the wide receivers, and can build exactly, basically you're just picking up from last year, and, and you're just, and you're revamping the team, you're getting some new sexy weapons, like a, like a Matt Forte, a guy that can run up the middle, but also catch out the backfield, so now you get, you know, you get another offensive weapon out there, and hopefully, you know, we get our tight end back, um, what was his name, not Eric Ebron, that's the guy for Detroit, um, Jay Samaru, and, and hopefully now we, we can do something, but, I think, listen, guys like Mark Sanchez should scare you. Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick needs to be coached up. He, he still needs, like, I wouldn't mind Colin Kaepernick, but man, he needs to be coached up. He, that touch of his is scary. The fact that he has no, like, like, that his touch is just completely diminished, right? And on all he throws, like, all these beams, like, we know you can get it in the slots, but you have to stop trying to fire it in into windows and, and lead some people. Right? <laughs> so, like I said, we see, and, in, and in Miami, I don't know what's going on in Miami. Miami, Miami is gonna show. Miami's gonna have this. What they got? They they had that. Guy, they signed the guy from Buffalo, right? Marvin Marvin Williams or something like that. So, which it's it's, it's gonna be weird because <clears throat> he he hasn't done well in the past, but. Let's see what he does beside Dominican Sue. Beside um what's this guy? Wake or Weir, whatever he has, you know? So to get him as a third piece, that scares me. And that may be the only reason why I think that this may be a much better signing than people are giving it credit for. Is that him individually may be may, may be just like, uh, eh, that's not a sexy pick. But like I said, like he like if he had come to the Jets to to be with you know, Muhammad Wilkerson and 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 the, and the new kid Williams and Richardson and the guys that we have, then yes, I can see him as part of a tandem, you know what I mean? Or part of a group, part of a quadrant. But him as like a solo guy, no. And Miami's going to use him as part of a trio of pass rushers, people that are trying to get to the quarterback, which is something that you're trying to do. Because like I said, Tom Brady's only gotten, a, has only gotten a, a, year sl a year older and a year slower. Ryan Fitzpatrick's only got a year older and a year slower, even though he has decent wheels. Like I said, who knows what we get from, from Ryan Fitzpatrick? Are we going to get what, what Buffalo used to get from him? Or is he going to be the motivated guy that likes playing in the city and he's going to use his wheels and we're going to see him sacrifice it? Or was that just so he could get a new contract? Which Ryan Fitzpatrick are we going to get? That's what I would love to know. And, <laughs> you know, talking about what, what I'm, I guess I'm trying to know, we're going to finish up the show not very soon. You know, but I, I wonder if reality has kicked in for Knicks fans, right? I I, I wonder, right? Because I know for I, I know for Knicks fans, 
right? There was some weird expectation that we thought we was a playoff team. But that was only to a point where when we were building something, you know? Like, we, we overachieved at that point in time. And when we were overachieving, like, Knicks fans all of a sudden crazily thought that, you know, we were contenders. And no, we were never contenders. And I've been saying this since day one. The Knicks are not contenders. Right? Like, so just because you change your expectation does not change who they were when the season began. Like, that's not how it works. Like, oh, like, now all of a sudden, I expect the Knicks to be a championship team. Does not automatically put them in the playoffs. They are who we thought they were. I wish I had that drop. <laughs> right? So, we have a losing season now, and we were always going to have a losing season. And the only thing that may have been a may have been a glimmer of hope is that you were hoping that we would have been closer to five hundred, but that would have very that should have very soon been shot down to you when you realized that it would have taken an above five hundred record this year to make the playoffs. This isn't the same old year where it would have taken forty two percent, forty percent, thirty nine. No, that's not this year. Everything's a little bit more even out. The East is a little, is a little bit more even out. It's gonna it take it's gonna take above five hundred. The Knicks were never a 500 team. They were always going to be a team teetering around 500, and now they're not even that. Like, we couldn't get a... Like, we, 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 we thought Jerry and Grant and Gallo was going to be more than what they were, and we needed them to be more than what they were because Calderon was exactly what we thought he was. He was an old point guard that, that couldn't guard any current point guard in the league. And Grant isn't there yet. And Galloway is still showing why he probably would be at times a star in the D-League. But that may be his ceiling. I hope not. Because cause I, I like his tenacity. I like him off the bench. But I need him to be a little bit more. More. I, I thought, you know, even I at one point in time thought that Grant having his kid this season would make him focus a little bit more and get something out to him. But no, that's not going to happen. That, that didn't happen. And now you're talking about... And <laughs> you're also talking about we have nobody that can penetrate the basket now because Grant and them are also what... You know, Grant and Galloway are what we're supposed to be... on what we thought they were going to be. And it's very, it's very easy to see that our best post-up option is Aaron Afalo because Aaron Afalo doesn't drop to the lane. He posts everybody up. So we really have no post-presence. And we, on top of that, we got streaky shooters. So, we can't guard the point guard position. We can't penetrate the hole. We have no points present. We got streaky shooters. How, where did you think we were going to win games at? Really, like, really significant games at. And then we hide. And then, we, and then listen, as much as, as much as you guys didn't like, didn't like Derek Fisher, Derek Fisher was giving us an identity. Somewhat of an identity. And now we, we have no identity. We're starting all over again. Like, what do we do? Like, this is what I was trying to tell you earlier with, with, with the Lakers and the Knicks. Like, that... You can see how the teams get rebuilt differently, completely, completely different. And it's not just between the free agents that they bring in. You also see it with the rookies that they bring in because you can see that already with this, with this Laker, with these Lakers rookies, that there's a pride that they have with wanting to be a Laker. With the starters and the guys coming off the bench. I don't see that same pride for people wanting to be the Knicks, you know, play for the Knicks when I look in Christoph Porzingis' face, when I look in Galloway's face, when I look in Grant's face. I don't see that. 
You understand? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see that same hunger. I don't see that same drive. I don't see the same motivation to try to win. I don't, see, you know, you understand? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see the loss. I don't see the loss messing with them enough. And now we have no draft pick this year, right? <laughs> like, 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 honestly, like, think about it, next. Like, thank God we have money next year. Like, thank God we have money next year because. We have no draft pick next year. Like, if we didn't have any money yet next year, next um for next year, we have no hope. Like, who would want to come here? Like, we, we let's just put it this way. And I'm just gonna let you know what's gonna happen next year. And I'm, and I'm, I'm gonna make sure you understand this very, 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 very simply. What's gonna happen next year to us when we do have money is exactly what's gonna happen this year to us. We are, we are, or or what has happened every single year in the past. We're either gonna get bargain guys like like Brooke Lopez and Derek Williams and the Aaron Afalos of the world, or we're gonna have to do like we did in the past, like with Marvin Stein. We're gonna have to overpay for players because there's no there's no pride to come and play for the Knicks. So when you want so when you want players, you gotta have to make sure you give every single person that comes here top shelf dollars. We are talking about Richie Rich on the face kind of money. Dive into your piggy bank, Scrooge McDuck kind of ish. Thank you guys. Thank you. 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 Thank you guys for listening. I do appreciate it. Thank you. And as I as I as I told you earlier in the show, that. I really wanted to get today's trip, you know, today's out today. That's the only, only reason why this is today a day late is because I want, I really wanted to make sure I get this Biggie tribute in here today. I, I couldn't let this just slide. And from here on out, the shows will regularly still continue to be on Tuesdays unless, unless it changes to something else, like I said. But like I said, when it, if when the week show changes, it's going to be because it's also completely changing location. The weekend show is gonna is gonna continue to roll on, but like I said, that is under new construction. So we are gonna just have that revamp a little. Listen, thank you. Stay tuned, stay blessed, don't stress. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down, lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Don't forget to check me out. Bars closing down. Facebook. Sun's out. Mighty Sports. Where we going for breakfast? Here on SoundCloud. Don't want to go far. Mighty Sports Minute. Rough night. Twitter. Die. Mighty Sports. Die. Mighty!